Get reliable, secure web hosting without the long-term contracts. GoDaddy's hosting plans are bigger and better than ever with 99% uptime, free 24-7 support, and no annual commitment. Best of all, plans start at just $3.95 a month. Plus, as a MuggleCast listener, enter code MUGGLE when you check out and save an additional 10% on any order. Some restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet today at GoDaddy.com. Because life takes MuggleCast, this is MuggleCast episode 62 for November 5th, 2006. Allegedly. Remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder treason and plot. I know of no reason why the gunpowder treason should ever be forgot. What is that? What is that from? Um, it's from V, v for Vendetta. Vendetta. <laughs> the quote is uh, V with a Guy Fox mask on because, Jamie? Well, because a few years ago, quite a few now, uh, Guy Fawkes tried to blow up the Houses of Parliament just like V did in the film, and uh, he didn't succeed, unlike V in the film. Um, and he got caught, tortured, sentenced to death, along with his fellow conspirators. And so we celebrate. I don't know why we celebrate it, actually. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we do every single November 5th by setting off loads and loads of fireworks. Basically. That's yeah. it in a nutshell. Did you try to blow a building up? Yeah, I know. It's, uh, well, well, it's, it's not just, just a building, <laughs> to be fair. It's, that's like, you know, it's a, quite an uh, important building. But uh, yeah, basically, because he did that. It was like they were against the Catholics, were they? The there was like oppression. Yeah, I can't remember the king's name. I can't believe this is so bad. I don't know this. Was that was that the start of the show? Or yes, what? That, that that's why it's <laughs> Mugglecast now, episode sixty-two. Oh, it's Mugglecast now for November fifth. Oh well, yeah. <laughs> Welcome back, everybody. I'm I'm Ben Shane. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Mike Tannenbaum. This is the show where we bring you Harry Potter news, theories, discussions, you, you know, all that good stuff. Um, it's the first episode after Halloween. So Actually, how was everybody? What, what did you end up doing, Jamie? What did I end up doing? I uh, stayed at home waiting by the door with my steel-toed uh, shoes on so I could dropkick pumpkins <laughs> and not break my toes. But uh, it turns out that no and, one... And kick little kids in the side and, of the head. Right? Exactly, specifically that. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but uh, no one turned up, no one not. So uh, I think they must have heard the show and uh, got worried and not turned up so uh yeah I had, a bo- <laughs> I had a boring evening in oh that's too bad what about what about you micah actually very similar nobody came to my door at all for trick-or-treating i was kind of disappointed <laughs> we hope that everyone else had a good holiday too without further ado let's go to micah tannenbaum for a look at this past week's harry potter news stories 
At 5.30 p.m. on November 16th, Bonnie Ray will switch on London's Mary LeBon High Street Christmas lights as part of the seasonal festivities. The event will include various live music acts, food, drinks, shopping stalls, an appearance by Santa, and a fireworks display. The team at Mogulet Fan Fiction has posted the winners of their first annual Quill Awards, which recognizes excellence in fan fiction writing. Congrats to all the winners, and we hope everyone enjoys the stories. Access Hollywood via Dark Horizons is reporting that Michael Hoffman is in talks with Warner Brothers to direct Half-Blood Prince, which is due for release in November 2008. An official announcement is expected by the end of the year, and we'll let you know of updates as we hear them. HBO On Demand will start airing a sneak preview of Order of the Phoenix on November 20th. Right now, there are no other details concerning what will be included in HBO's preview, but our guess is that it might include clips from the trailer, which will be released on November 17th before Happy Feet. As we reported in October, Goblet of Fire will make its television premiere on November 19th. In association with the movie, HBO is holding a contest to win tickets to the Order of the Phoenix premiere. Finally, be sure to check out a brand new interview with David Thewlis, who plays Professor Lupin, where he discusses the fifth Harry Potter film. And just so you know that that was legit, that's all the news for this November 5th, 2006 edition of MuggleCast. Back to the show. <laughs> Thanks for that, Micah. Micah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, see, for those of you who don't remember, Micah made a bet that if she did not release the title on Halloween, that he would have to say uh, the news in a chipmunk voice, and so... <laughs> Yeah. What? <laughs> there you have nice it. One. I kept up my end of the deal, though. So, <laughs> so Micah, why didn't yeah. she release the title? Do you think she's not ready? I mean, she did talk about the title. She right? did talk about the I title. I think she did that just to taunt you. Yeah, yeah she, I she, agree. Just to taunt Micah. I didn't pay her <laughs> yep. enough, actually. Yeah, you did. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, that's something we want to discuss is she said that she has a third title for Book 7. We were all there at Radio City Music Hall the second night. Well, s- some of us were. And uh, she said how... Um, that morning, or that day during the sh- while she was in the shower, she thought of a second title for book seven, and now she has a third one, and she said that it is um, a head by a short nose, or perhaps, or perhaps that should be a vowel and two consonants. So, what do you guys think about the whole title stuff? I think she added three letters. I think she's teasing us. Yeah, I, I mean, now there's not just two; now there's three. She just likes messing around with us. Oh, I feel. Like- I know. Hopefully, hopefully, we'll get to know what the other two titles are. I know what when- it is. It's um. She's what? just added the word the to it. That's two consonants and a vowel. I bet it's something, something, <laughs> and something, and then oh, sorry, Harry Potter and something, and then she's added the into it. I bet that's it. In fact, I will you know eat. That- Actually, no, I won't. <laughs> you stop right there. Uh, I will eat. <laughs> I love those. I love those. Yeah. Bits. Um Although I just think it means that uh, she favors this title above the other two, and that it's just got a few more letters than the other two right. as well. But if she didn't release a title this ha- on Halloween, when do you think we can see it? I mean, Christmas, when do you think we maybe? will see it? Uh, Christ- I don't wait know. that long. I think maybe like it's, it's like a know, month, something like this. <laughs> well, Guy Fox Day. Huh? Yeah. <laughs> but what about it's Guy Fox today? today. Maybe, maybe by the end of the night she'll release the title. I, I doubt. Maybe it. Christmas. So what do you think this means for the timing book seven? I still think it's going to be two thousand eight. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, of I course, too. all the way yeah. two thousand and eight. But don't yep. you agree that it's kind of cool because we get to do this for a whole another year? I don't know. Why don't awesome. we ask the audience? <laughs> do you guys want us to do this for another year? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I can't hear them more, right more, now. I must. Admit. More cities. More cities. <laughs> more. More continents. Yeah, more continents, more, more planets. Yeah, for you, it's continents. Yeah, more planets. We're going to Mars. We're, yeah, we're going to podcast. We're going to <laughs> more planets. We're going to podcast yeah. on the moon. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Certainly, I don't think the fact that she didn't release it probably means that she's still working on it, and probably has quite a bit left to go. So, oh, yeah. sorry for those of you who are counting in two thousand seven. But so- something that Ben said 
uh, about you know us knowing the other two potential titles too. I don't know if we will or not because there's definitely going to be people who are like, "Oh, I prefer that title better," you, you know. And, and well, uh, yeah, maybe but, um, maybe they give away too much. Like, yeah, which besides the title, like maybe maybe the other two would Harry, add give tell, give us more information. Like, Harry yeah, Potter she, she and definitely the death of Harry she definitely Potter. wouldn't release. Uh, yeah, the death. <laughs> she definitely wouldn't release the other two until after book seven's. Yeah, yeah, I would think yeah. so because like and after people everybody's have used it. to it. And it yeah, could be like you know it's an alternative title. Like, did yeah. you guys know? I'm not going to make the. Well, I guess I am. Uh, Star Wars uh, Episode Six was actually event or preliminarily uh, Revenge of the Jedi, and uh, there were actually posters you can get on eBay. Revenge of the Jedi Episode Six, Revenge of the Jedi, and George Lucas then you know halfway through the ad campaign decided that uh, Jedi weren't you know vengeful necessarily uh, in their characters. So so he turned it to Return of the Jedi. Uh, and then, of course, oh. Episode 3 became Revenge of the Sith. Return of the of... Sith. Return, Return of the Sith. Yeah. Well, they were Return there. Of the Sith. They, yeah. <laughs> but, Return of yeah. the Sith. Yeah. So that was, that was interesting. But anyways, one way, you can, one way you can demonstrate your support for our show, if you want us to keep doing this for years, by voting for us on podcastalley.com. I have no idea, no idea where we are right now on... <laughs> On podcast alley. Sorry, I just, I just looked at the picture. Because truth be told, again. we don't even check it. Um, we just, you know, vote for us. Yeah. We'll see. Um, it's actually not loading right now. Oh, here we go. Oh, geez. We are number four, and we are getting – we're not we're not even the number one Harry Potter podcast on Podcast well, Alley. So Gee, go out, fun. show your support for us. Vote for Michael Cast. Um, please, please. little update on the book. We have received quite a few pre-orders, and we're very pleased with the amount of people – the feedback on it, the amount of people who are purchasing it. And uh, once again, MuggleNet.com's What Will Happen in Harry Potter 7, Who Lives, Who Dies, Who Falls in Love, and How the Adventure Finally Ends. You can purchase it, pre-order it through Amazon. I think the book's actually going to be at retailers by the end of this month. So you can go pick it up at your Barnes & Noble if you don't want to pre-order it. But, yeah, if you do pre-order it, it helps support the show, the site, everything. So ben, go ahead and do that. do you think we might be able to grace ourselves with an interview with the authors of that novel? Could we no, get they're, I, they're I untouchable, yeah, Ben. They're I hear. pretty busy. Yeah, yeah they're very they're busy. busy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> very arrogant. I, well, I figure that's <laughs> that show. Ben, ben r- Rather good looking, I hear as well from a from a yeah, I know, unknown source. We might one. need to offer them a, a great portion of our money. You know, we could broadcast from zero gravity uh, if we pulled the funds enough. Uh, because what they're they're selling zero gravity trips now for what three thousand dollars? Where did this come from? Because <laughs> where did this come from? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I yeah, think it's coming from the topic from about the broadcasting from space. Yeah. yeah, but the thing is, is that we said that like yeah. ten minutes ten, ago, ten light years ago. <laughs> Another reminder. MuggleCast t-shirts, we will we will end a sale on them on January 1st. So this is pretty much your last chance to, to buy them. It's sort of like the big going out of business sale. But however, you must remember, this is not like those bands that do this for sympathy and then three months <laughs> later they bring, they come back, you know. Like, we've all heard of like, uh, I think Kiss, they're the band during the 70s and 80s and the 90s even. They had, they had three different farewell tours where they would disappear <laughs> and then they would – all of a sudden they'd come back and they they wouldn't have their makeup on or they would have their makeup on. But we're not doing that. We are – this is seriously it. We are yeah, no longer allowed to we, sell them. We always record with our makeup 1st. on, don't we, Ben? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but yes, after January 1st, we were no longer allowed to sell the T-shirts, so go out and pick yours up. And – one final thing we need to mention in announcements this week is last week Andrew, who isn't unfortunately not here to defend himself, 
He bashed the Gilmore Girls, a show that's on the he WB didn't. or he didn't. Well, he 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 had he said what his opinion was. And oh my god, it was not very. Kind. And he, he didn't prefix it with it was the word allegedly or my opinion yeah. is. <laughs> you know, you Wasn't it? Did, didn't he say that he thought it was the stupidest show he's ever seen? <laughs> apparently, that would have sounded so. <laughs> so just, uh, allegedly, this is the stupidest show ever. No. I have no. no problem. I've seen a few episodes. I have no problem. Well, Mike, actually, Mike, didn't, didn't Andrew want you to say something about that? Uh, he did. He actually uh, sent me a, an official from statement heart, Mike, from the heart. <laughs> it is definitely from the heart. He he wanted to communicate to the fans that he was just joking and he didn't want to upset anybody because we did get a bunch of emails um, from fans. Some of them were a little bit more um, – passionate than others, I guess, is the right way to put it. And uh, he also wanted to say that he's watched a grand total of two minutes of the Gilmore Girls. So his opinion obviously was not that well thought out. So he does apologize to all the fans who like Gilmore Girls. Speaking of Andrew... He's hospitalized uh, right now from... Yeah, because the Gilmore Girl fan fan girls came to his house and attacked him. No, he's, he's not here this week. He's off doing a college visit. You know, he's preparing for the next level. I don't know. <laughs> yep. So, what sorry college? about that. I mean, okay. we'll, we'll make sure to make – just realize that it's our personal We'll have opinions. to keep them in line. I'm sorry. We're sorry that we offended anybody about the Gilmore Girls. Cause we got an email from some, someone saying they were deeply offended that we talk smack on the, Gil, the Gilmore Girls. This is, after all, a Harry Potter podcast. Yeah, this is a Harry Potter podcast, not a Gilmore Girls podcast. <laughs> but we were joking, <laughs> I think, and it was just taking I'm, a little hey, bit uh, of context. I'm – Really, really glad it's not a Gilmore Girls uh, podcast because that show sucks. <laughs> allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. Oh yeah, sorry. Yeah. Allegedly, allegedly. Uh, allegedly, allegedly. Really glad. We're we're yeah, falling into the same pattern here. We'll see. We always we always make these mistakes. Um, according to uh, who sent this rebuttal in? Um, no name. They said, hey, Mugglecasters, I have a comment about your discussion on the ghosts that live in Hogwarts. Laura is right. You can't get them out of the school, at least in the case of Peeves. Here's what I hope counts as proof. It's from the interview between Emerson, Melissa, and Joe. Emerson says, why does Dumbledore allow Peeves to stay in the castle? Joe says, can't get him out. Emerson says, this is the, this is the opinion that Jamie and I all had. He's Dumbledore. <laughs> yeah. He can do anything. <laughs> JKR says, no, 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 no. Peeves is like dry rot. You can try and eradicate it. It comes with the building. You're stuck. If you've got Peeves, you're stuck. And then Emerson re- replied, but Peeves answers to Dumbledore. J.K. Rowling said, allegedly. <laughs> Melissa said, allegedly. J.K.R. says, yeah, I, I see Peeves is like a severe plumbing problem in a very old building. And Dumbledore is slightly better with the spanner than most people. So he can maybe make it function better better for a few weeks. Then it's going to start. Well, I'm sorry, Joe, you're wrong. Well, so there wrong. you have it. We were wrong. Joe she, no, she she's wrong. wrong. She's we should wrong. have remembered this interview. You... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she doesn't know what she's talking about. You know what this is? Is that, I was actually reading the interview and I sent this to Laura, so I think Laura just made up a fake listener rebuttal to prove that she was right <laughs> yeah. and the rest of us were wrong. <laughs> um, Alyssa16 from Fairfax, California has a related message for us. I was thinking about Peeves as the subject was brought up in episode 61, and it seems logical to me that Peeves is a shape taken from all of the energy from the teenagers running around the school. He must have appeared sometime when the first students arrived at Hogwarts and will only go away when there are no more students with poltergeist energy left. This is why no one has ever gotten point. rid of him. That's very interesting. interesting. You know, I mean, it would kind of make sense because he's mischievous yeah. and like every 
kid, like even like the goody goody kids in schools, there's part of them that wants to rebel, even though they may not allegedly, do it all ben. the time. So, uh, allegedly, yeah, allegedly. I, I think this uh, Alyssa has definitely struck gold as far as because poltergeist activity to begin with is is energy. You know, usually a, a child's energy actually, uh, and I definitely like the idea that it's feeding off the you know the the mischievous sides of all the students. I I, I think. Teachers too, uh, Peeves could could be using some or taking some of the the stuff that the teachers can't do. I I don't know because if you look at uh, book five, they were kind of glad he was he was creating mischief. So I I think Peeves could feed off of mm-hmm. everybody in the castle, even Dumbledore. But I don't think it's the I don't think it's the same way that he's feeding like a oh no 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 of. no not it at all. Actually, it doesn't but take away he's from the there energy, because just... because it's there like it it of the yeah. yeah hmm that's interesting. I never really thought of that, but. Yeah, I think Peeves is what, you know, he he's he, even he's still good good natured, even though oh yeah, he, he does won't some pretty drown anyone or kill anyone. He's just gonna drop stuff on their heads, and you know, he's mischievous rather than malevolent. I think he's malevolent right. too, Definitely. just not murderous. Pale eyes, radish earrings, Luna Lovegood. That's what's this week's main discussion. Um, Micah, did you want to make a few points? Sure. Um, let's see. Points as to what? By the way, this is the main discussion. Well, just like a little sure. bit of information uh, about just, her. Yeah, yeah this is the main it. discussion, by the way. Yeah. Okay, Luna Lovegood is a Ravenclaw. Um, she's a witch in Ginny's year who is considered a bit weird by her classmates. She comes by this reputation honestly. Luna simply isn't like all the other kids. She dresses unusually. She proclaims her strange beliefs to anyone who will listen. And in some ways, she seems to be completely out of touch with what's going on around her. Uh, that was from the HP Lexicon. Why don't we start off with uh, her name? Her name Luna obviously has um, has uh, etymology, yeah, etymology? Um, with the moon, and uh, that begs the question: Is she related to Lupin? Um, I w- I don't think she's related in the terms like like her bloodline, maybe like not that way, but maybe J.K. Rowling is trying to say there's some kind of connection between those yeah. two, maybe well, in just their personalities. Well, it could just yeah. be that, uh, as it says here, the moon could just be to perpetuate the loony love good teasing she receives. You know, it's all moon, moon-like. Well, yeah, Peeves called Lupin, you know, loony, loony, Lupin, yeah. or whatever, in, in, in movie 3 and I, And that was obviously, I guess, because he was a werewolf and Peeves knew it, or because of his moon significance. I, I think Luna has different moon significance, as in she's always visiting the moon, as in she's she's always in space. Oh, that's very like. good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So so they they are both, you know, loony. They are both related to the moon for different reasons. Right, but they're not related. Right, like, right, right. Yeah. I, I don't think the love goods... Um, no, I agree, yeah. But, yeah, yeah you brought up how so. they're always calling her loony love good. But is she really as loony as, you know, everyone makes her out to be? What do you guys think? Yeah. She right. she actually is because because well no no she's not as it's it's not a bad thing though having a little bit well of, you know how you know how she's always believing in like this the ministry conspiracy well, like fudge baking goblins well. in the pies having an army of heliopaths Be, and being different all is, these things is not a crime necessarily but it's not but being it's, yeah but it's there's a difference between being crazy, different and uh, being crazy yeah. yeah yeah I don't think she's crazy she she has a habit so a tendency she is, has. Well, she has some far-out ideas, and because of that, she's Certain ones. ostracized. But yeah, I don't think her... she needs to be locked up in, in a straitjacket or anything <laughs> exactly. like that. I think yeah. she does. I'd, uh, I'd put her in there. <laughs> <laughs> I know, yeah. It's definitely the um, 
like you said, it's more of the like she's eccentric is what I'm looking for. Yes. Like, she's kind of she's a little bit out there. I mean, she's kind of like how some people perceive Dumbledore. It's the same thing, but yeah, but it's different yeah, though because like, it's it is the same. But he is well, she's not brilliant like Dumbledore. But yeah, he's brilliant. Well, she's pretty Very smart open-minded. too. You know, Luna has an ability. Sorry, Luna has an ability to to speak uncomfortable truths and things. She 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 gets past a lot more than other people. You know, other people would would stop short almost and fall short. Of expressing their mind, Luna, however, knows exactly how she feels, and even if it's crazy or a little outlandish, uh, she is like an open person about it. Uh, but she just gets insulted for having so many different ideas. Right. Well, you know her dad's newspaper, the yeah, which the quibbler doesn't help quibbler. being raised by that man. Yeah, he's he's kind of a a kook too, from the way it sounds. But the only the only reliable story that we've actually seen the quibbler produce was in um book. Book five, at the end of book five, where they used it to publicize that, like, you know, the, Harry did all the interviews. Isn't it, you know? Isn't it just a plot device, though? It was introduced to provide a method of, of uh, publishing that isn't the daily profit that allows Harry well, to get I, I think it's, story I think out. it's good to know. I think it's good to know there's another version of public publishing next to the Daily Prophet because so it doesn't because the Daily Prophet would sort of because the Daily Prophet, you know, the, the Ministry is leaning on the Prophet, and it's great to see, even if it was yeah, a plot it's device, corrupt. It's it's you know it's why I'm not against the idea of the quibbler because you know people are saying okay so the rot fang conspiracy and and fudge has an army here the past even if even if he doesn't I uh, you, you know I don't think that's the point the point is to to question you you know how likely is this could could fudge potentially either have an army of Heliopaths, or could he just be not doing his job in a, in a, in the other sense of the word could he not be could he be hiding something is really what that question asks you know and so you think the stories tell something different. I don't think they're intended to. I, I, I think you know. I think they're intended. Somebody actually believes that Fudge has an army of Hiller Bass, just like somebody believes Sirius Black was Stubby Boardman. Stubby Boardman. They actually believe that stuff. But I'm saying, you know, what you take from it is 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 the the minor concepts. You know, okay, we aren't supposed to. You know, some satire is, you know, like I'm sure that the Onion realizes it's satire. It doesn't write it believing it. You know, like the Quibbler probably writes it for entertainment. It's like it's like the sun over here. It um, it sensationalizes. It exaggerates. It you know puts questionable facts in. But it doesn't pretend it's a broadsheet. It knows it's a tabloid, and so it acts accordingly. It's pro- you know the quibbler probably writes because that's what their audience wants. So even though it's not true, they write it knowing it's not true, and write it know knowing it's that. just for entertainment. I got the distinct impression that uh, Luna actually believes in nargles and things. So I don't know, like, you compare it to The Onion, I would compare it to, uh, what's what's our main tabloid here? The, uh, the, the pointless Choir. one. The, the, yeah, the National, National Enquirer, about, about monkeys from Mars and all sorts of stuff. And it's like, yeah. <laughs> you know, in and that case, I completely was, agree with you. They can't There, there was possibly... an article in there that said the, the world's fattest man has disappeared. It had, like, a man that weighed, <laughs> like, 3,000 pounds, and he disappeared. Uh, I don't know how that happened. But. Anyway, <laughs> uh you know, people. Yeah, definitely. Those publications, I don't think, take themselves seriously. But the, the quibbler—that's why the quibbler struck me, because Luna actually purports uh, the, these kinds of um, theories, and her father apparently does too. Uh, so when book sales, or rather, you know, magazine sales, issue sales of the quibbler went up due to Harry's, you know, thing, uh, her, her father was overjoyed. Uh, because he could share all his other, you know, conspiracies of the government with everybody, because he actually yeah. believed it. I, so I think this is an instance where people do actually believe what they write for it. 
But do unlike, you think that that hurt him. Harry's credibility at all? No, having no, no. His story published mm. in the Quibbler. No, because no? the way it, the way it is is once it's published there, everybody knows why didn't he do it in the Daily Prophet? Oh, because the, the Daily Prophet, might, yeah. uh, you know, so they can immediately justify it. Doesn't matter where it's published. It was actually, and it was very important for the Quibbler because now they have the support of Harry Potter. Harry Potter has just said, yeah. "Hey, I'm giving my story to the Quibbler over the Daily Prophet." Yeah. So. And it suggests. Um, a confidence in the publication as well, so I assume exactly you know. right. Don't you just love how Rita Skeeter wrote that article? <laughs> yeah, poetic think... justice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, Luna also is described as, as having pale eyes, and another character in the series who has a similar description is um, Ollivander, the wand maker in in Diagon Alley. So, do you guys think there's could be any connection between them two? <laughs> well, those, I know we those two. Overanalyze here, but isn't that kind of like saying that um, you know Harry's got black hair? Two people with blue eyes. Yeah, yeah. right. They've got (laughs) to be sisters, seriously, definitely. Yeah, (laughs) they both have blue eyes. No, but no, I don't really know if it's. I don't know if it's really that, but like I, I'm just saying that J.K. Rowling. It's different in a series like this when she'll use like certain descriptive words. You know what I mean? Right, right. I mean, it's probably a stretch, but it's still worth discussing. Well, yeah, I was reading. Yeah. Prisoner of Azkaban last night, and the number of times they said Lupin had pale eyes and Hermione had pale eyes from studying so much. I mean, do you want to start making connections there too? It's, yes, I do. Oh, he's really? Her Micah? daughter? So you do. Sorry, she's his daughter. Oops. She's Hermione's sister. Um, yeah. Did you? Wait, yeah, Hermione's 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 yeah. Well, did they actually say pale eyes though, Micah? Because I, I was under the. I mean, I believe you, but I was under the impression that was a not widely used term like pale eyes. I don't recall seeing it except for Ollivander and. And Luna, did they actually say that for studying? I don't know. Study? Maybe they just said. Yeah, I don't know really recall that, but I haven't read book like three for a while, and it wasn't like I was looking for it when I did read it. <laughs> <laughs> but let's just entertain it for a, for a second here. Um, Luna's mother was described as being talent, a talented witch who enjoyed experimenting with spells, and it would make sense for Ollivander to be Luna's grandfather in this case, since he creates wands. Um, I, I'm not sure if I'm just. Uh, reading this one rightly, but <laughs> I'm not sure if that actually makes much sense. I mean, it doesn't really make logical sense to me. What about you guys? What about you, Kevin Stack? What do you think? I think it's a far stretch, like we said before. I mean... Yeah, I, I guess I guess we're going to start making really, really out there. I mean, that that's like grasping at air. Yeah. <laughs> There's... It's just a single description of a person. I mean, I think we would have it's to like have... grasping at straws with no hands. Exactly. At all, so it's impossible. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, we've established that that's a little bit far out there. No, but Ben, but, I think um, we should reinforce that point. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> no. Um, not only, okay, we've established that that, you know, is a little bit of a far stretch. But, it's allegedly but, a um, far-fetched. Something that isn't far-fetched is the fact that she does have a strong connection with death, which is what we saw throughout Order of the Phoenix, because... She can see the Thestrals. Um, Why can she see them again? All those things. Do we know or do we she not? Saw her, was it, she saw her. Who did she see die? You guys know? We need, we need to get did this Did she right. see? I yeah, think we, her mother, isn't we, it? Yeah, it was her mother. That's what I thought too. Yeah, okay. I, I think it's unlikely though that uh, if if Luna's grandfather is Ollivander, I don't like to think that Ollivander's own daughter would be out there in the world like testing things to make for her father's wands. Like he wouldn't send her off to go test things. No, and we've moved on. Blow stuff up. Okay. A... No, that was just going into the death thing. Oh, sorry. Okay, go on. Sorry. You know, because 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 her mother died. 
Okay, yeah, um, apparently enough, testing things. So if it would have been wands for her father, that would have been a little sad. Maybe that's why Ollivander reserved himself to just Phoenix Tail and Unicorn Tail, Phoenix Feather, whatever. When Harry realizes that Luna can see the Thestrals too, it makes him feel like, you know, they, he sort of establishes a bond with her because he doesn't feel as alone as before, so. Yeah. And, um,. Another thing that Harry and Luna can both do, like one of their special talents, I guess. It's not only really a talent, but you know what I mean, how something that they can do, like they're... What would you call it, Jamie? Um, that they're, that they're qualified the, uh, to do? Or, similarities. Yeah, one, another one of the similarities is um, with the voices behind the veil, and she makes a point in reminding him about it. But what what's the difference? I mean, the fact that... Jenny can hear the voices behind the veil, but she can't see the Thestrals. Tells us that they're two different things. Oh yeah, oh yeah, definitely. Like that. two different things qualify you for that. So, what do you think? Do you think it could be uh, you've had a near-death experience because Jenny with uh, um, Luna hasn't though, has she? Book two. Well, we don't know. Yeah, Jenny has. Well, I, oh yeah, I don't know about Luna. And uh, she Harry, of course, on one of her Radish earrings had to get rushed to hospital. <laughs> <laughs> so what else about her connection to death? It's definitely something... That thing about the veil, there's clearly uh, something, some type of criteria they've got to meet to be able to hear the things. And perhaps, unlike the Thestrals, uh, there are varying degrees of this. So, um, you know, some people can hear them. You know, some people can hear them and understand them or whatever. I don't know. This is sort of going off track slightly, but we like to do that. So... Um, I've gotten a, a number of emails about the veil actually being a leatherfold. No, um, guys... yeah, it's the thing um, for people who don't know. It is the creature in tropical climates that sneaks into people's dwellings and wraps itself around their mouths and suffocates them. Right, and then swallows them and leaves, the, the... leaving no trace of them whatsoever. So, uh, yeah. Is that a that'd bit be, of a, that'd be a bad way to There's die. nothing about whispers, and there's, you know, I, if it was a lethophold, it would completely destroy the, the mythological, uh, you know, yeah. art of there, the why, And why, why would the, why would the lethophold be there for... It would move as well, yeah, You know, probably. they just, they yeah, just, they just grabbed yeah. one lethophold and, and strung it up, you know, for studying yeah. in the Ministry of Magic. It just doesn't... <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. But anyways, back to Luna's connection to death. Um, she has a conversation with Harry at the end of Order of the Phoenix about Sirius. She seems to be the only person who, quote-unquote, understands Harry, and she listens to him and then lets him be. Like, she's very accepting, you know, because she, she's probably used to uh, having everybody make fun of her ideas and thoughts, so she kind of seems like the person that you could confide in, you know what I mean, without her criticizing you. It just sort of be like, you say it, and she's... Well, that's she's because she's so open-minded. That's because I she's mean. been... Well, and she's been made fun of herself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what I said. She's, yeah. She, she knows how it feels. So she's not going to openly criticize. And, and, but the thing is, is if she's so understanding of all these people, why is she a social outcast? Do you think it's because, um, because that she has all these loony thoughts? Or oh, just what do the you fact mean? that no. she's different? Uh, it just, it's because she's different, right? It's because she's different, yeah. I mean, she understands people and stuff, but who says that makes you popular or worth talking to? Usually it's the people who are the outcasts who do get made fun of who start understanding how people's minds work. So. Yeah, that's true because they have a lot more time to think well, about they, they it. Well, they have a lot more, up. Yeah. yeah, they're not caught up they in the social scenes and all that. Right. Exactly. You know, when we do these character discussions, our favorite thing to talk about, of course, is always um, their connection to Book 7 because a lot of the characters we talk about, 
you know, it just doesn't seem like there would be much of a connection to the last book. But what about Luna? Do you think that there's something that she's going to have a connection to in book seven? Well, they they introduced her, and they really have, you know, J.K. Rowling really hasn't told us much about her, so it tends to lead you to believe that we will see more of her, and at least she'll play some sort of smaller medium role in the next book. Why smaller well, doesn't medium? Well, because, okay, well, what's the because, purpose of Luna? Like, each character that she introduced has to have some sort of purpose. And what do you think that Luna's purpose is? Is her purpose served her already? Purpose or was to call the last Quidditch match. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> no, yeah. Uh, I think she has such a strong connection to death, and she's not afraid of it. And Voldemort, we all know, has a great fear of death. So I think having somebody like that on his side, Harry is sort of in a position of just having a good ally, maybe. Yeah, because it's like the opposite ends of the spectrum. Because, you know, deep down, I think everyone fears death. You know, it's... it's some more than most. Some more than others. Yeah, some more than most. And, you know, Harry, Dumbledore thinks death is the next greatest adventure, but maybe Harry hasn't realized that in his mind yet. You know, he hasn't come to terms with, well, you know, death is just essentially, what all it is is just a part of life. And he hasn't really come to terms with that, and Luna's helping him, you know, realize, okay, right. if I do die, it's going to be for a greater cause, so it's really not that bad, and, you know, it's it'll be interesting. So, Well, I think the most important thing that she said was that at the end of Book 5, when she was talking to Harry, that she was going to see her mother again, and that's what provided her the greatest comfort, and that was what was so important to Harry, because then he said to himself, well, I'll see Sirius again, and then I'll see my parents again. Sorry, Eric. I didn't mean to cut. No. When 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 was this? I missed. That was when Luna At said the end she'd of be, book five. She she said she'd be seeing her mother again. I forgot about that. Right. No, yeah. I was I was going to say, um, Luna. As far as do you, do you guys think she's that far in the background? I mean, I was under the impression oh, yeah. that well, after no, I mean, after was, Order of the Phoenix, she kind of dropped off the radar. Do you think well, that? Yeah, she, she did. Still, she does does that kind of prove I, that I think she's already served her purpose, or could she come back in know, book seven? I think she'll come back. I think it's. I think book six. Why everybody seemed to have fallen off, tapered off. Even you know Tonks and most of the order was because it was Harry and Dumbledore about Voldemort. Um, yeah, I it's, agree with It's that. my impression still that that you know Luna and Neville who fought the ending battle in in, in book six um, would therefore become you know not like a, a semi like there's the trio there's Harry, Ron, Hermione. But then I think immediately after is is Neville and Luna. Like immediately after, like very close circle. I, I still see them as really close friends that are going to band together in book seven. Right, they're, they're still part of the still part of the group, but they're just well, they're not I the think main a, members. A significantly big part. Right. Well, I, no, I think they are main members. I think there are main. If there were a main five or main six, including Ginny, right? Would yeah, be they'd be included. Yeah. Nevaluna, Ginny, Harry, Ron, Hermione, in reverse order. But yeah, I think everyone took a back seat in book six to Tom Riddle because that's who I really think the book was about even more so than Snape being the Half-Blood Prince so I think a lot of characters Mm -hmm. just got pushed to the background yeah book six was more about us learning about who Voldemort is that type of thing you know so so because Harry has to learn those things in order to have a shot at taking him out in book seven so that's why we learned those things that's why it seemed like everyone else sort of became second tier or behind, like, less of a priority in J.K. Rowling's mind. and Right, and I think book seven will start off where a lot of people wanted book six. To. And where's that? 
Well, sort of after Harry learns everything about the prophecy, you're sort of expecting him to want to learn more about Sirius and what exactly happened to him. And I just felt that there was a lot of stuff sort of coming off the end of book five that we thought we were going to get in book six and it didn't happen. Yeah, that was a lot of people's main disappointment with book six was, you know, like they, it wasn't all like they wanted it to be, you know, because it was the the preparing for the war. I mean, there still wasn't... Yeah, but it was done for a reason. All right. Which we'll probably find out, you know, it's like, I mean, she could have just gone straight into the... Yeah. And people are dying and they, they had that great first chapter, The Other Minister, which was great. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah, that was the, that's probably one of my favorite yeah, chapters in the series. Just because, it's honestly, it's really like good. Do, like the way the way it starts out is just so like mysterious. You know, it's kind of like it kind of reminded me of the, the opening chapter of book one, where it's like you know that really sucks you in because it's like well, whoa, yeah. what's this all about? Yeah. And that's what she said that she was trying to do a chapter like that for quite a few books. Um, but now we finally got the view. You know, what would it be like to be the British Prime Minister? And and be be told about this magical world and have to keep it a secret and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah, I I, I just love the scene where he says, you know, all my workers are really good, and then Fudge turns to him and says, well, yes, they're ours. You know, they're wizards. Of course, they're good. Kingsley Shacklebolt and everything. Yeah, and the minister's taken aback. He's like, he's a plant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, we're digressing a but, bit here. Um, no, yeah, but the inner circle of Luna and stuff. I, I still think that's that's really good, um, and I think it's it's safe to say that Luna will play a bigger role. In in book seven, I I don't think yeah she's I think I off. think everyone will everyone no I don't think and we're really going to see the disappearance of especially since Luna yeah. was established in book five as you said you know like the next person in line to be you know like the main five or six that you that you brought up yeah. as part of their little group and it's been um, said that you know J.K.R. said that book six really felt like book seven part one or you, you yeah. know you know she was yeah the novels in two halves so yeah she 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 was leading um. You know, she introduced Slughorn, who was, I guess, you know, one of the final players in this whole plot of what's going to happen in the final chapter or right. final book. Okay. Well, you guys, we keep making mistakes. I don't know how we keep doing it. There's probably there are probably a few in the Luna discussion. Um, yeah, keep sending emails in. Tell us what we did wrong. Um, Emery, this is from this is from MySpace. I don't know how Andrew got a hold of this, but last week we discussed a missing day in the series. How between Hagrid, between Harry being at Harry's parents being killed and him being delivered to the Dursleys, apparently there was a missing day. And according to Emery, October thirty-first near midnight, Voldemort attempts to kill Harry Potter after murdering his parents, but his spell rebounds. Voldemort is defeated. November first, late in the evening, Hagrid delivers baby Harry to Dumbledore, who is waiting at Privet Drive to leave to leave the baby with the Dursleys. There is no missing day. After midnight is How November first. Possibly have got it's that just wrong. the next day. That's so when obvious. did you uh, say this? This was last episode? week. I don't know. I could have told we you just, that. We don't think logically sometimes. We, I guess. I, no, I, I we're just stupid. Know. That is ridiculous. How could we have got that wrong? How could we have thought that? But there is a missing October day. Thirty first. There is November still a missing first, day. There's a. There's not. How is there a missing day? Um. Well, do do we know? Do we know when? Do what we do know mean, when, um, when Voldemort killed Harry's parents, though? That's yes, the very first, it was uh, oh, Halloween. Oh, yeah, we missed him. Um, right, right, it was Halloween, but could it have been, uh, like, 2 a.m. on Halloween? That's a thing. Because then there still could be a missing day, no, right? No. What, you mean, like, October, no, because I October think... 32nd, then? No, like, no, yeah. like, uh, October 31st at 2 a.m. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, He means, like... 
late, late at yeah, night on the yeah. 30th into the 31st. Oh, I, I, yeah, but I guess, I but, but stuff must have been happening then, like, you know, uh, Order of the Phoenix members contacting each other, stuff going around. It's like, you know, it takes a while to get everything sorted out. I don't think we can say that they've missed out a day, just that we don't know wh- yeah. what happened during that time. Also. It's interesting because... Well, actually, there's a whole editorial a five-part editorial that's written on the lost day by Brandon Ford. Uh, and I think that there is actually a day that's missing. I don't think he would have wrote an entire five-part series if... No, but that's what... Fact, sorry, that, unless he's as dumb as we yeah. are. <laughs> no, that's what... I think that's what Ben was saying. Like, the only explanation for if there was a day missing is that if the murder happened at 2 a.m. on the 31st, meaning you had the whole day of the 31st yeah, plus yeah. the next day to... Yeah, the only thing that gets me, people say, you know, Dumbledore would have needed a day to put all those spells on Privet Drive and, and definitely, like, you know, all that um, preparation and all the ancient magic that Dumbledore had to invoke. But the, the problem is that when, before, right before Hagrid comes and delivers baby Harry, um, Joe writes that nothing like Dumbledore had nothing like this man had ever been seen on Privet Drive before, which kind of implies that he had never even been there, you know, hours before putting up spells. Yeah. Or if he did, he would he was doing it invisibly. I I don't know. That's, I don't. That's like, but see, the thing is, though, that do you think it's plausible that someone that J.K. Rowling put in a missing day? I mean, well, perhaps, and we find out. I, I in think. Seven, I think she. It doesn't sound. Well, maybe. Maybe I think it's just an oversight. Yeah, it, that's it, what it I'm is. saying. I think it. I think it's just you know exactly what it seems. It doesn't. But Eric, going back to what you were saying about uh, putting spells on the house. I don't think it's the kind of magic where you put uh, spells on. It's uh, you invoke this kind of magic. So there's a uh, sort of perhaps certain conditions that have to be met, or you know, s- certain conditions, and then a couple of words have to be spoken, or certain ingredients. I don't think it's a normal, normal spell. Well, no, it's just like when uh, when Dumbledore and Harry were flying back to the Lightning Struck Tower, and Dumbledore was muttering, you know, different language. Yeah. Uh, to 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 clear the shield for them to go, and I, yeah. I think it's something like that. Yeah, oh, yeah it's definitely it be, not a matter yeah. of sans is also, and it goes to the backyard sans is also. Yeah, it's nothing yeah. like that. Hmm. So I have the, there may be uh, quote like in terms of like the timeline, it may seem that there's a day that's missing, but I doubt anything. I doubt anything that went on during that day is really pivotal to the series. I may be wrong. I mean, I'll may I may but, be eating fifty jumbo sausages with a bit like me. But, it's uh, just so <laughs> elaborate, though. Like the specific stipulations and and conditions under which Harry is protected from Voldemort. Like as long as he can call it home, as long as they you know oh, give yeah, him it's very room specific. space, the Dursleys. Like like it's incredibly specific. Shouldn't we clarify that uh, we don't actually mean a day missing? We mean. Uh, sort of extended per- period of time because we don't period mean October thirty second. Yeah. We just mean an extended period of time that we don't know. Nothing's happening. We haven't heard anything that's happening in it. Right, okay, right. Cool. Our last listener rebuttal comes from Katie fourteen from the Czech Republic. We have listeners all over. That's crazy. Um, it was the, theory, the subject is who lives, who dies theory. Hey, Muggle casters, I'd thought of this theory before, but I haven't written it until now. As I'm sure you're well aware, Joe updates her site with birthdays. We've seen Harry, Hermione, Ron, the twins, Molly, and many more. However, we have never seen 
the birthdays for the characters that are already dead in the books. Never once have we seen a birthday announcement for James, Lily, Sirius, or Dumbledore. Now, if she's going to update about Molly or Percy or someone else who isn't exactly pivotal in the series, you'd think she'd update about these important characters, right? At first, I thought that maybe she was giving us the birthdays of people whose birthday we knew from the book or, their, or her site. But then I realized that we have never seen Molly's birthday in the books. And we know Voldemort's birthday, but she never updates about him. Do you think she might be giving us a clue as to who lives and who dies? I thought I'd love to, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Hmm. Katie. That's interesting. That's very, very interesting. Great. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's really a clue per se. Like, maybe she just chooses her favorite character. She doesn't. But I don't know. She likes Dumbledore. So, hmm. Has she ever updated for Hagrid? Yeah. Yeah. She, she has. Not for Dumbledore. That's what I think is pretty interesting. And the site was up before Half Blood Prince was released, and she never once wished Dumbledore a happy birthday. Uh, well, that could be why. Like, I, I don't know if this is intentional, though. I don't know if it's intentional that she's not. She does that because she he's going to die. You know what I mean? Uh, it's kind of like. What about Ginny? What about Ginny? Have we ever seen a Ginny birthday? We have, haven't we? we? we I think we have. Yeah. We've never seen a. But it's interesting that you're right. You haven't seen a Voldemort birthday. But if you know. I don't think he's celebrating. I can't see his Death Eaters waking him up with a breakfast in bed and then bringing a cake. Him a cake. Yeah. yeah, you know. But she has wished a happy birthday to Draco. Yeah. So, and we but consider him it. to be on because now that's that's why I like this so much because now we can go back and see okay whose birthdays did she put up and does that because you know you know when she was at you guys were all there Harry carrying Garb when when somebody asked her. You know, this is when she gave the the what Harry thing away, or whatever. About uh, somebody asked her who she'd invite to a dinner table, and she said, "Oh wait, you know, I know who dies and stuff." She judges things, and she judges her own actions yeah, and she how does, she would answer yeah. questions and and how she would do things based on who lives. So birthdays could be. I mean, this this fascinating idea from Katie Fourteen of Czech Republic, who said, you know, <laughs> <laughs> that this is this is cool. Like, you know, because now yeah. we can go back and see if that. Because I, I think it makes sense. It makes sense to me. Oh, it is. It's very clever. Yeah, that, yeah. yeah. very clever. I, I never would have thought of it. Now it's time for everybody's favorite segment, Jamie's British joke of the day. We've never done one of these in a while, have English we? English joke of the day. English. Apparently, English joke sorry, of the day. Allegedly, English joke of the day. I have. I got an email uh, today. Oh, actually, no, a while ago now, from Skylar Warren. Actually, um, let me do that again. I won't say her last name. Uh, um, I actually got an email a while ago from Skylar, uh, which had the subject all all puns intended, and it's like a kind of it's a load of jokes, but disguised as a uh, as puns. And I thought these were so funny. I was literally uh, on the floor after I read some of these. So here here are a few of them. Okay, two antennas met on a roof, fell in love, and got married. The ceremony wasn't up to scratch, but the reception was excellent. A jumper cable walks into a bar. The bartender says, I'll serve you, but don't start anything. Come on, that's brilliant. <laughs> How can you not laugh at these? These are so good. Okay. No, I, I didn't quite get it at first. Okay, these are. <laughs> okay. 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 The two Eskimos sitting in a kayak were cold, so they lit a fire in the craft and some unsurprisingly it sank 
proving once again that you can't have your kayak and heat it. Nah. <laughs> okay, this I is. I don't get that. Okay, you. There's a phrase you can't have your cake and eat it. Oh, so it's basically okay, okay. Uh, a thing. Um, okay. <laughs> yeah, I I, hadn't, I just hadn't heard that. Okay. Okay. Um, okay. This is my personal favorite. A group of chess enthusiasts checked into a hotel and were standing in the lobby discussing their recent tournament victories. After about an hour, the front manager came out of his office and asked them to disperse. Angrily, they said, why, as they moved off? Because, he said, I can't stand chestnuts boasting in an open foyer. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Okay, and a couple more. And finally, there was this one person who sent 20 different puns to his friends with the hope that at least 10 of them would make them laugh. No pun intended. No pun intended. <laughs> oh, that's funny. So, uh, that was, <laughs> thank you, Skylar. Took um, me a while there. <laughs> but I thought they were awesome. So thank you. Yeah, Those they are were great British good. jokes, Jamie. Or English jokes. Yeah. Or allegedly, uh, allegedly English jokes. English. Thank you. Okay. Well, since Kevin finally got his stuff together, where the voicemails are back oh, this yeah. week. Woo! The voicemails we're using this week are the ones that we were supposed to use last week, but you guys never used them, so... Here is our first voicemail. Hey guys, it's Daniel here from Edinburgh in Scotland, and I was reading The Philosopher's Stone again, and I noticed on the first page it says, and I quote, When Mr. and Mrs. Dowsley woke up on the dull grey Tuesday, our story starts. Now, this makes me think that the Harry Potter novels are just being told by a character in the book, as J.K. does not use this style anywhere else in the books. It just seems like he's hinting to the fact that a character in the novel is telling somebody about Harry Potter's life, and it will, we'll find out who this is at the end. And I don't know if it has any significance, but it's really been bugging me, and I really love to know what you think. Anyhow, I love the show, and by the way, I was in the United States over the last couple of weeks, and I bought Lucky Charms cereal for the first time. And I can tell you, Jimmy, I quite agree with you. They are amazing cereal. I bought three boxes home with me. <laughs> anyway, thanks very much. Seriously, bye. I have to say, Daniel... Back to you. Uh, your accent's awesome, and I'm glad you enjoy Lucky Charms. <laughs> what well, is third person to begin with? But he's he's asking if we'll find out like who the narrator actually is. But you know, based on that, and based on how she sometimes says, you know, you wouldn't think this, or, or the comparisons. Like I said, you know, when we were doing chapter by chapter, they, 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 we called them what rollingisms or something, just something where she like inflected yeah. herself. To tell the story, but yeah, it's, it's sort of it, like out of it's context, like kind of. It's not like an entity. It's 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 just you're you're supposed to, you know. Sometimes Stephen King writes like, "I think that you would have known that this person did that," you know. Yeah, something like that. It's not really like he's a character. It's just an, an omniscient. Is it? Is it like just ever present kind of thing that keeps the story going? I don't think it's like an entity that we're going to find out. Right. Who, I think it's just the is narrator telling, remain. You know, because it's not somebody. You know, it is an all-knowing narrator, which is which is what the actual tense of the books is third person om- omnipresent or something. Uh, Doesn't that happen at the beginning of book six too? I, I think so. There's all these, th- there are moments where she just, you know, will say, I think you did this or, 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 you know, and compare things. And that's just, it keeps the, it keeps the story going, but it doesn't, it's not necessarily like Lemony Snicket where, you know, you know, Lemony Snicket a is, single, is yeah. uh, a character narrator. Right. And see, and see he, the way that the book begins is, that's actually where the story, like the story, is already taking place. Like Harry's already eleven years old. That's just telling you the backstory of what happened, and there has to be some way to explain that without having, you know, like a page that says eleven years later. You know, <laughs> we can't. They can't do that. Yeah. So they have to. Yeah. Well, right, because Harry's not going to be able to tell what happened at that point. All right. So 
Thanks for your question. So we don't think she's actually like an entity that's going to be revealed in the books like, oh my god, it's Snape, you know, telling the story. Right. Thanks for your question. Here's our next voicemail. Hey, Muggle Pastors. This is Caitlin, 15, from Maryland. This is in response to the everlasting time discussion that has been going on for the past two episodes. You said something about how technically you could go very far into the past, but then you wouldn't live long enough to go back to your time period. My question is, couldn't you also go forward in time? It's called a time-turner, not a time-back-turner. So one could technically go forward in time if they were so far in the past that they would die at the age before returning to their own place. All they would need to do is turn it forward instead of turning it backwards. Just wondering what you guys thought of this. Thanks so much. You guys brighten up my day. Oh, and also, in Hercules, the fates don't sing and dance. You probably got them mixed up with the muses. Thanks again. I, it's like the... Uh... The Time Backturners. That, that's 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 next next band to come out. Dumbledore and the Time Backturners. They're just gonna they're gonna start right. The lights are gonna shine. Their backs will be turned to the audience, and they just turn back. Turn back. <laughs> the time Backturners. She says, "Can you turn?" She says, "Can you?" Her question is, "Can you turn forward in time with no, the Time Turners?" No, you, you can't because it's called it's called it, but it's called the Time Kevin, Turner. It's not Kevin, necessarily the Time. You'll back-turner. probably know more about this than me, but isn't it? Um, it's it's impossible to. Oh no, oh no, wait, sorry, I'm thinking about something else. It's impossible to go back in time, <laughs> only forwards, but then we're talking about Harry Potter here, so uh, that theory is completely gone. Right. Well, and if you look at the H.G. Uh, Wells, the time machine, I think uh, how he went forward in time, he it was just a matter of what happened was like the capsule that he was in was protected from all things um, that would go on, and he was actually in some kind of hi- hyperspace time. In other words, like he actually... what was there for thousands of years while the buildings around him crumbled and he actually ended up in the future underneath tons of rock. Another 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 uh, correlation to time travel in the book comes in book 4 and we see Fred and George accurately predict the score like it, it's really obscure they say we think Ireland is going to win but Crum is going to get the snitch. So we think well, they did time allegedly. Yeah, we think they did time travel then too. I I'm pretty sure they did. I mean it makes it makes a lot of sense. But but and so, but the question is, did they? They have to go forward in time. Go, they? Oh, that's true. Yeah, right. So I think it's plausible. Yeah, that's I mean, true. So there's no real way to tell. Without... Or wait, wait. Could 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 that could those two Fred and could Fred and George go gone back, back in, time in time and make the bet? Replace yeah, to their make bet, their bet with. Right. Hmm. Oh, that's right. See, it's, it's all oh, yeah, it's all confusing. So they well, could they have traveled. Actually, have known unless they knew. So. I think we're going to give people again, a headache. Yeah, again. sorry about that. But they, Fred George could have gone back in time. I don't know. That's really interesting. But yeah, um, yeah. So once you're back in time, well, do you sh- have to live? Because we've only seen it on such a small scale. So would you actually have to live the time you're in, or could you actually go back in the future again? I don't know. But like, say, no, I they, think you have say to they live went down a couple it. days. Are you sure? Because time turners, she said, it's not the time back turner. I love that. Term. But we don't know that it's the time forward turner either. Well, and we've never been shown an example where it says so and so went forward in time. Okay, let's go to the yeah, next voice. That's probably, good. I think we're that's going probably to a good idea. Yeah. Hey, Mugglecast people, I was just thinking about something, and it bugged me so much that I decided I could call you because I love the show. Um, so Voldemort was taken down on uh, October 31st. Right, and then uh, Vernon Dursley goes about his day, and we learn about his whole day on November first. And he sees all these people in these weird outfits, and I just realized never once does he say anything like, "Halloween was yesterday." These people are crazy. There's never any mention of you know Halloween, which I don't know. Maybe this is Jesus. Thanks a lot. Love the show. Bye. 
Dursley Vernon should have thought that it was absurd, not that they were dressed up in cloaks walking the streets, the get-ups you saw on young people these days, but the fact that they were late, you know, for Halloween. That should have been brought up. It definitely should have been, and especially on the news. If Dursley, you know, Vernon didn't didn't say it, the news people should say, you know, people gay got a little, you know, after post Halloween kind of cheer. Jamie, they do celebrate Halloween, right, in Britain? I mean, yeah, yeah of course, yeah. Right? No, yeah. they don't celebrate but, Halloween. Well, they said Burning Day because they they were t- they were even talking about Burning Day being you know November the fifth, and so. Hmm. Well, may- maybe maybe he doesn't so like heck? to. Uh, maybe he doesn't like to talk about. Um, no, maybe like if they're the kind of people that they they don't want to acknowledge the existence of these weird people called wizards. They don't want, they don't want to acknowledge anything that's abnormal or different from them. So Wait, exactly, and could, could it make sense to them? To be like, yeah. oh, Halloween just a bunch of stupid, you know? Yeah, but you should still recognize Talks. that it happened. Like like the people who like Scrooge, who knows it's Christmas even though he hates it. He just sits in the house. You have to recognize the fact that Halloween was just a few days ago. So it definitely should have been mentioned because yeah. later, you know, JKR says, "Do you think it was like an afterthought that they were killed on Halloween, or, or how was that done?" Because well, they say that in book one yet it was Halloween night, don't they? Because Hagrid tells. But my question is, in relation to that, when did Harry show up? Oh, was it the following day? Well, yes, because on it was November first. It was the night of November first, right? Well, Hagrid. That... Hagrid dropped the, Harry off. Yeah. In the book version, he he tells Harry the whole story in the cabin of Voldemort and stuff, and I think then he says Halloween night, you know, you you were but it just seems so sense you know, so strange that Vernon didn't That he say. didn't mention it, exactly. I don't know. I don't I can't think of any logical explanation of why he would mention it. Well, well, nobody did. You know, the owls that's flying the everything. Thing, they, yeah. they could have turned it into this big, oh, it's a day late Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should propose the the whole holiday changes the day off due to these new events. You know, nobody was saying that that we know of, that we heard. Yeah. But it's a really big thing that Halloween is a bad thing for Harry. So it seems a little strange. It, it's it a seems good surreal. Point. I don't. It, it's, but I don't yes. know why. I don't know why. I don't know. Like, there's no real reason to. No real explanation to it without hearing it from Joe. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> good point. Yeah, like thank it. you for sending that in. And we have one last voicemail. Hey, guys, I had a question for you. Um, I know that when all the previous books came out, we all read them that night at midnight, and we didn't put the book down until we finished it. But I was thinking that when book seven comes out, I might not want to do that. I know it would be hard for you guys because of the site and everything, but wouldn't you want to save the last book, or would you still rush through it because it's so hard to stop and put it down anyway? I'd love to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Bye. Jamie, did you remember that interview with you? Yeah, I do. For, for anyone listening who doesn't understand this, uh, I did an interview a while back, and they asked me how long we it would heard this take story. Me. Yeah. yeah, I think it was. It was actually Andrew put the audio on a previous show. Oh, right. Okay. They, they, anyways, yeah. anyways, they asked him. Well, in case, in case those of you who aren't up to speed with all the shows. Okay, um, I did an interview with the BBC a while back, and they asked me how long do you do I think it's going to take me to read Order of the Phoenix, and I. I couldn't say, well, you know, I might spend a couple of hours reading it and then go to McDonald's, then uh, have a rest or something, have a cup of coffee, you know, and then take my time. So I just said, well, about four hours maybe, which of course was a complete, uh, you know, overestimate, sorry, underestimate. <laughs> uh, I took me a lot, lot longer. But yeah, basically. Completely and now Ben keeps yeah. bringing it up whenever he can. 
to mm-hmm. humiliate Of course. Me. But I don't think that anybody mm-hmm. can, can... Can you guys seriously, like, the first time you're through it, can you speed read no. the Harry Potter I book? Can't, I, I just can't, put, I, I just can't do it. I mean, I'd rather enjoy it and savor when it. There's a, when there's a new yeah. book out, like... Yeah, I I'm trapped. I'm I'm forced to to go through in in the the pace that my mind creates but the images Eric, for don't me. I, I can't that um you know like some media sources have to get reviews out within six hours, so they employ people who read at a million words a second. I, yeah, I get that, but it's just complete lack of of grasping of any of the things that she's not if saying. You, no, you know, if you, you can't can read just, that fast, well, then fair If you enough. skim it, you get plot. No, but there's a difference between skimming and speed yeah, but, reading. But the question is, guys, the question is, are you going to be rushing through book seven when it gets released? No, or are you we're going to be taking our because I'll be I'm rushing. Not. No. I'm sure we'll know half of the book like two weeks before it's released. But... <laughs> I don't know. I, I'd say... Uh... I would take my time. Yeah, I'm probably going to. I took my time with book six. I'm taking my time a little bit more than I did with previous books. Book five, I've stayed up all night. Book six, I spent two days. Yeah, book six, I spent about two, two and a half days. But I probably, probably do something similar with book seven. Yeah, I usually do it. What about you, Jamie? uh, Just like um, I remember, I got Half Blood Prince at like. It was in the evening. It was like at uh, eight p.m. or something like that. Then we got back, and then I finished it at midday. Without a break. Yeah, that wraps up this week's voicemails. Thanks to everyone who sent something in. Remember, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic for you U.S. listeners. And uh, I have the U.K. numbers here somewhere. I'm used to Andrew just rattling them off. Yeah. If you live in the United States, you can dial one two one eight twenty magic. If you live in the United Kingdom, you can dial zero two zero eight one four four zero six seven seven. If you live in Australia, Australia. Please dial zero two eight zero zero three five six six eight. And also, you can Skype a voicemail question to us to the username MuggleCast. You hear Andrew's lovely voice on there. You can email us at MuggleCast.com. Um, there's there's a there's a contact form on there. And also, if you want to send us anything, please dial. No, don't dial anything. Uh, send something to, to MuggleCast, P.O. Box 223, Moundridge, Kansas, 67107. I got a package this past week from some, I got another box of Lucky Charms, and oh, someone else sent in you. Christmas ornaments for us to put on our trees, which I will get sent out. Oh, so, nice. Well, for Christmas. Uh, that's Christmas. Well, actually, actually, they they made they made that joke in the letter. It said, um, "I'm hoping they will have these by Christmas 2008." So. Well, Ben, yeah. um, somebody sent in a uh, a. Uh, message, I can't remember who it was, who said that uh, when I was complaining last uh, show that I couldn't grow any facial hair, they said that they would mail a beard for me to the P.O. box, but they also said that <laughs> by the time you sent it to me, I'd be able to be grow able to grow a real bit, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, in about two days, so uh, <laughs> yeah. it's a pointless plan. No, but no, no, Jamie, you're still going to uh, look like a baby forever, well, for life. Well, that can't be bad, that can't be bad. I won't complain. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, well that wraps up MuggleCast episode, what is this now, 62? 62, what Two. are we going to call this episode? We, we 62, don't really I don't know. Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly MuggleCast. Allegedly MuggleCast, there we have it. Um, Alright. So yeah, for everyone here at the MuggleCast Central, I'm Ben Shane. I'm Kevin Steck. I'm Jamie Lawrence. I'm Eric Skull. And I'm Mike Atanaka. Yeah, Mike, uh, join us next week. For episode 63, Andrew might be back. Then you luck, you won't. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> is this the first episode? No, no, this is like the fourth. fourth. No. 
No. Yeah. Okay. Uh, fourth. God, in the last five, yeah. All right. Yeah, bye. Goodbye, bye, everybody. Bye. Bye, everybody. I remember I got Half Blood Prince at like it was in the evening. It was like at uh, eight PM or something like that. Then we got back, and then I finished it at midday without a break. So, jeez, did you did you think you're some bad something? Yes, Ben. That is precisely what I was thinking when I was reading. I wasn't concentrating on the huge <laughs> fights at the, the the end or the death of one of my favorite uh, characters. I was just thinking about how much of a bad. <laughs> How cool you were because yeah, you read exactly. the book. Yeah, exactly. Because I stayed yeah. up all night. Ooh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly. No, no, wait. In all seriousness, yeah, yeah. I thought I was a bad... Well, bad... 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 Yeah, no, no, no. I just... uh You see, Emerson was uh staying up as well. So, so I thought, well, I can't have everyone else reading it, so then they can't talk about it. So I thought, well, you know, I'll stay up and do it as well. It was enjoyable, actually. Imagine how mad people would have been if they wouldn't have finished the book before they interviewed her. Yeah, well, exactly. They had to. They had to finish it, but I thought I would as well then.